Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Let's bring in our guys for Counterpoint. We got Stephen LeBrew. I have not smoked anything. I just I just screwed up your name. Stephen LeDrew, he's a Toronto-based lawyer, broadcaster, served as president one time of the Liberal Party of Canada. And Dennis Matthews, a conservative campaign strategist. VP of Marketing and Communications for the non-car rental company Enterprise Canada. Hi, guys. <laughs> Good evening. Hey, hey, thanks for having us. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about pot. Um, big deal all over the place. Just t- chatting with the uh, mayor of Smith Falls, who is like 9,000 others of his uh, friends and neighbors. They're sitting on a gold mine there. Doug Ford, however, made sure today to write a very stern letter to the Prime Minister of Canada stating not only is Ontario not ready because we don't have the law enforcement part ready to roll out, he made no secret that he points a finger of blame at Trudeau. Here's what he said. Nobody here in this room asked for cannabis legalization to be thrust upon us. That was the federal government's doing. Justin Trudeau ran around in his campaign boasting about how great it would be How great it would be after the Liberals made marijuana legal. But now, with legalization upon us, where's Justin Trudeau? He's not, he's not boastful anymore. We can't even find the guy. All right, so no one can find him. Hey, he created the legislation. He did that. The heavy lifting is up for the provinces. Uh, Strategically, Dennis, I would think that this is a smart move to say, hey, it's on you, not me, if this thing screws up. Yeah, you know, first I'd say this is uh, this definitely is one of those national issues. You, you often find stuff that's different in different parts of the country, and and these things are regional or the Toronto-based stories or others. But you know, I'm out here in uh, in Calgary, and you know, it's all people are talking about, and it's all people are talking about in in Toronto. So you know, a, a truly national story here. But you know, I, I gotta I gotta sort of tip my hat at, at Trudeau on this. Uh, you know, he. He got the, the kudos during the campaign for, for promising this, and I think it was you know part of their uh, election victory. But uh, he somehow managed to completely abdicate himself in any of the details <laughs> of actually implementing it. It's, it's sort of rare. Uh, I can't think of another example where a politician's got all the credit for the upside and has sort of you know, found a way to, as, as uh, Premier Ford put it, go in witness protection program for the, the downside. So, you know, I sort of tip my hat to him. But uh, I think uh, the, the Premier is raising some good points here on, on implementation, and in particular with impaired driving. And we had, you know, almost four years to think these things through, and yet here we are at the last minute, and they're, you know, still not solved. Like, what can government get done? Well, I, Dennis, I think we should be changing hats here. You're tipping your hat to Trudeau. Say is a great job. I think he did a stinky job. I think that he put in something, trying to take all the credit for it, uh, take one of the, at least one of the things he promised and carry through with it, and say all to the provinces, well, we know there's going to be a lot of problems with uh, machinery, with, uh, with people working at their jobs under the influences. We're, we're going to have a lot of young people with mental health issues. There's no question about that. But you guys deal with it. You figure it all out. And, more importantly, you pay for it. And I don't think Trudeau is getting any uh, credit for that because I think most people are saying, wait a second, we just got 
handed here a I can't say it on your tele, on your show, um, <laughs> Alex. But you know, a big a big pile of you know what a poop sandwich. And yeah, we yeah poop sandwich more as a poop stew, and um and we're sitting here dealing with it while you're off swanning around in Paris somewhere. Well, I just think it. I think it's a. I think it's crazy. Yeah. I think the, que- the question, Alex, is will he have uh, marijuana socks on tomorrow? Oh, no doubt. Oh, no doubt. Will no he doubt. Be smoking marijuana no kidding. He'll be, yeah, who knows? Well, who, tomorrow he up. and his government will be announcing um, pardons for minor pot convictions. So I'm sure he'll be there for that announcement to kind of take take that, uh, which I don't think anyone should be surprised at. Um, t- uh, Dennis, are you surprised that those who maybe smoked a joint will get a pardon? No, I'm, I'm not surprised at that. And it's sort of been bubbling for a while. I think they were waiting to. Uh, to get this out of the way and, and have it be a separate work, announcement. The pardon doesn't work. If you have a conviction for even possession <laughs> of, one, of one joint from 10 years ago, it's on the computers. It's mm-hmm. on American computers, yeah. and they don't give a rat's ass about some pardon out of Canada. So you are still in a terrible situation. This <laughs> granting of pardons uh, in this situation is just... Bubblegum. Well, it's also, I think, going to lead to a number of charter challenges because, you know, how would it be fair then for someone like Jody Emery, um, who, you know, had to plead out to to a number of fines and, and charges earlier this year um, versus the guy who, you know, smoked a joint? Like, we need I, more charter challenges. Alex? Well, we're going to get we're going to get many with this legislation. <laughs> no question. But we yeah. well, it's just a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I find myself a bit mixed on the pardon issue. I mean, I, I understand that it, it's been sort of effectively legal for a number of years now. And, and as soon as the, the police and, and our politicians said, well, we're not going to really be enforcing the laws, we created this sort of fuzzy zone where that wasn't applied equally. But, um, you know, people have to take accountability for their actions. And, and there are ways over time to apply for, for formal pardons without having a big, uh, a big blanket, uh, one for everybody, if, if that would even work. So, you know, and I, it still doesn't really work, does. Yeah. I know. I've acted for people in that situation. I acted for someone 30 years ago who uh, did have a conviction for a joint, and he was going to the States every week, every week. And then all of a sudden, after going back and forth for five or six years, boom, some computer clicked in, and he was jailed in the States. Yeah, no, and I know. Yeah, I actually had a family member, uh, an older family member of mine, had a blackout violation from the Second World War that popped up when they digitized records in the, uh, in the 1990s, and they got stopped. Everybody had a laugh about it, but it does show you how you know, even, even the smallest uh, violations can, uh, can pop up. And, is, and I, remember, I, 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 I remember hearing about you when you were four years old <laughs> in, in junior kindergarten. I won't go any further. Yeah, you walked by a pot depot and that was it. Yeah, no question. We're going into some, I think, uh, unknown unknowns. Well, that be a great question. A question period tomorrow? What, well, who knows? Prime Minister, have you had, have you partaken? Oh, he's already on record saying that, which, look, the American officials no, have already no. said your Prime Minister will not be able to travel to this country <laughs> and, uh, no, you know, today, when he's not though, the Prime Minister. But today, yeah. right, not today, but tomorrow, I mean, it's the first legal day. Yeah. So is he going to celebrate this newfound legality by, by um, you know, by doing either smoking or whatever it takes? And then you look at it, you say, well, the Toronto police say you shouldn't operate or do anything serious after for 28 days after having it. <laughs> so he had it yesterday, and then he's still prime minister making decisions. What does that say? Well, maybe he'll make better decisions. Who knows? Wait a second. That's a scripted speech. No way. <laughs> even longer. All right. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
We've got Stephen LeDrew joining us tonight. Dennis Matthews also joining us tonight. Let's talk a little bit about um, Trudeau government today hammered in question period by the opposition. All about this British case of an ISIS fighter who, you know, wants to come to Canada. The Brits don't want him. But apparently the Canadian Consul General is offering maybe to help. Here was the exchange in question period between the Prime Minister and the opposition leader, Andrew Scheer. It's well documented. This government's official reached out to a known ISIS fighter. An ISIS fighter who is British. This terrorist has now received services from this government with the aim of bringing him to Canada. All we'd like to know is for the Prime Minister to explain why. What we see here is the Conservatives yet again grasping at straws to try and scare Canadians, to try and make Canadians feel unsafe. Oh, Stephen LeDrew, it's the fear and division. Oh, those evil Conservatives, you know, we want to bring these ISIS fighters home and they demand to know where they are. You know, I mean, this is one step further. Trudeau is always supporting... Well, Canadians uh, who have gone over to the Middle East fighting. Uh, there's one case of a Canadian now who's in a jail, and uh, yeah, he said I beheaded a few people. I, you know, shot a few people. But I've been married here now, and I'm getting tired of this. Besides that, we're losing the war in Syria, so I want to come back. And you know, the government is sitting there trying to figure out whether they can bring him back or not. And now we're taking citizens of other countries back, or suggesting that. And well, why, why does the Prime Minister, I never understand this, maybe Dennis can explain to me as a Conservative, he can explain what the Prime Minister is talking about when he says the politics of fear and division. He says that all the time, it's an automatic thing. Anytime someone says, we don't like your socks today, oh, you are putting forward the politics of fear and division. I never know what he's saying. <laughs> Dennis, can you help me or Alex? Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being uh, scared or, or fearing ISIS. Yeah, I don't like my head being used as a soccer ball. It is not my thing. No, but you know what you find on, on this issue, and, I, and I, I sort of find it on the Stafford case or on Omar Khadr or others, when the, the liberals, get, they, especially Trudeau himself, gets really stuck on, on these issues. And he's just I know, it's not weird. Able to, he's, not, he's just not able to say the right thing. Like, and, you know, and uh, it, like, the person needs to go in jail, or in this case, like, they can stay in, in Syria. Like, these are simple answers. Wow. To, yeah, to why questions. would we get involved in this one? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he does have this thing he loves and I think that you know, I see what, the, uh, what we're going to be hearing for the next 12 months. I think when's, when's the election? It's going to be, it's, it's almost, a, almost a year from a now. Year, yeah. Exactly. Um, from the next few days. And we're going to be hearing this. And he's going to be saying, I am up against the politics, his quote, Trump politics of fear and division. Yeah. And uh, he's looking at that to uh, get his way back into 24, well, wherever he lives, not in 24 Sussex, but uh, somewhere in Ottawa. Um, but I don't, under, I don't think most Canadians understand when he says, well, that's the politics of fear and division, when in fact he uses that himself. Well, it's the identity politics that were imported in by the Obama advisors that help build their campaigns. In yeah, fact, I blame that, that identity politics. That's, that's cancer in Canada now. Well, he does that yeah. all the time. Yeah. He, well, he says the next election, next 12 months, are going to be nasty. There's going to be name-calling, and it's going to be terrible politics. And we're staying away from that. And then the day after <laughs> that, last, last week, I think it was, on a Tuesday, he came to Toronto and had a fundraiser that just lambasted and called names to everybody.
Yeah. But he's, he's not being negative because when, when he's speaking, he's telling the truth. It's when everybody else is attacking him as being negative. And, and that's, I think, the thing that uh, you're missing there. That's a beautiful point, Dennis. Let's talk a little bit about Dr. Rachel McKinnon. She, he becomes the first transgendered woman to win gold at a Women's Masters Cycling Championship. She still has a penis, low levels of testosterone, um, and, and, you know, standing by the second and third place women, this person's huge. I mean, the size is so obvious. Well, she says it's not about athleticism, but this is a human rights issue for her. To Dennis, I say, well, what about the human rights, um, you know, of the females who spend their whole life competing to get gold, only to get told, well, you got to compete against this person that's got, you know, testosterone. Yeah, these stories come up from from time to time. I'm so confused on what to what, what to think about them. I mean, it, it it boggles my mind in a way that somebody would go through the process of you know uh, taking all sorts of uh, drugs that uh, that change their uh, uh, you know the change their organs and and in some cases get major surgery and all that kind of stuff just to win at a, a certain sport. It seems pretty uh, it seems pretty far out there. Uh, but at the same time, like uh, what I don't understand is why our we have all sorts of rules when it comes to athletics and mm-hmm. uh, and the drugs you can take or the, the you know the, the equipment you can use and everything and and why we don't just have the sports bodies take a stronger stand on what qualifies for what and it's sort of like black and white. You're, well, if you're in this category, you're there. If you're in this category, you're there. It's not a human rights issue for me. This is a sports rules issue. Right. Well, here's the the thing that bothered me today because I've been looking into this and I learned um, from a, a particular doctor that, in fact, the the university sports governing body in Canada has now just released a report about creating inclusive environments for trans participants in sports. So they have already put in a new policy that student athletes in Canada can now compete on the team of their sex or whatever team they identify with. And they don't have to either be doing hormone therapy or surgery to be required. In other words, any man with testosterone flowing through the body who identifies as someone else, um, Stephen, can apparently join any women's team. To yeah. me... Isn't that just rubbish? Well, it's not fair. It's and and frankly, it's going to push women back again, like, to the back of the line. It's not fair at all. And I agree with your point at the outset of this, Alex, when you said, well, what about the human rights? It's not a human rights story. What's the human rights of the second and third contestants uh, who are women and uh, are looking at this person. Uh, and, and I don't know I'm that many people, Dennis, who, who have changed their sex in order to win. Um, but there are you know, very many legitimate cases of people who are transgendered. Yep. I mean, it's a legitimate thing, and, and they change their sex and, uh, to, 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 to become more whole in their sense of it. And that's, you know, that's fine, that's legitimate, but then there, we come down to this problem of this case today, mm-hmm. and did this person change their sex when they didn't have an operation to remove their penis? Right, but as, as long as you've got, you know, if, if you're a male going through male puberty, and, you know, your body changes with this, and you're wired that way, and the testosterone's there, they have a, it, it's just scientifically proven that they have an advantage over women, period. Yeah. Men are just stronger than women. You can't change that. So, but if, yeah. you, if you remove your, if your penis is removed, yeah. and, and speaking of being wired on this thing, mm-hmm. I don't know where the testosterone, I mean, I'm sure there's some women who have um, a testosterone level as well. But, but she wouldn't be able to compete. That's, yeah, that would be well, breaking the rules. So exactly again, if you right. want to even it out, then you would have to allow women to compete with testosterone in the body, which to me is 
So yeah, so they're going to go through chemical and DNA and the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what about the old days where you just you know, pulled down it. your pants and took a look? Okay, yeah, that that uh, yeah that doesn't happen anymore. But no. um, nonetheless, I do think this is going to become a, an issue uh, of debate, no question, moving forward in the sports world. Well, I think I can hardly wait for our prime minister yeah. to talk about. The politics of division on that one. We will see. Well, no doubt it will come. No doubt. <laughs> Guys, I got I to gotta go, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Too much fun. All right. Have a good time All today. Right, thank you. Stephen LeDrew and Dennis Matthews joining us for this CounterPoint. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.